Hello, everyone, and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is George, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Grant. Hello there. And Liam. Hello, everybody. Each episode, one of the hosts or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless, and we talk about why they love it and how they discovered it and why they think it's flawless. But just before we get started, we wanted to let you know we have a Patreon. You can back us from as little as a dollar a month, and there's content bonuses at five and ten dollars a month. You can find us at patreon.com/flawlessamp. Now today is my day to nominate a flawless album. It is from 2001, August 14th. Change is a sound by the punk band Strike Anywhere. That's what I was going for. Um, it was the debut album, uh, though uh, the different members had been in different bands before, and it came out. As, as far as I know, it has not charted anywhere. Not that I could find. It's no. So normally the big spiel where we go into all the singles and the charting and the year-end charts and the Billboard charts. This is an empty section Absolutely. that we will fill with thoughts instead. We'll fill with mm. thoughts. So it came out on the Jade Tree Records label, which for me was like a godsend as a young person into punk so they had bands like Kid Dynamite, Texas is the Reason, Promise Ring, Alkaline Trio, Pedro the Lion etc. They sold their catalogue to Epitaph Records um, a couple of years ago now so the whole back catalogue's there and you can now access all the Strike Anywhere stuff on Bandcamp I believe Mm -hmm. um, which is really really cool and it's all online so they've got they're doing the Fugazi kind of open source policy when it comes to their music so. Not giving it. Did Fugazi give theirs away though? I know no, a few they, bands have gotten to that point where it's like, you know what, fuck it, you can just have it all. Well, I think care now anymore. they do, but yeah. like just with the online content. But at Fugazi always made sure that it was never more than ten dollars for a record. Yeah. So they had that rule. So this was the first of just four albums that they have produced. So the second was Exit English in 03, Dead FM in 06, and Iron Front in 09. But they are still touring and still playing as a band. Yes. And I know that because I've got tickets to go and see them in oh. Brisbane in June. There you go. Where are they playing in Brisbane? They are playing at Crowbar. Oh. So it's a small, That is going to be a sweaty, nasty time. An oh. intimate <laughs> venue. It is going to be so good. <laughs> and also uh, the singer, are, well, the whole band are friends with friends of mine back in England in the punk scene. So I will be hoping to capture at least one member of Strike Anywhere to do a mini Flawless episode. So if you're listening already... I've got my eye on you, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> so the band is made up of Thomas Barnett, the singer and lyricist, formerly of hardcore band Inquisition. Uh, Matt Smith was guitar and vocals, Garth Petrie, bass, Eric Kane on drums, and Matt Sherwood, guitar and vocals. But now there's Mark Miller has joined them since 2017. As an extra guitarist or No, replaced keys? Matt Sherwood. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, so just a replacement. So mm-hmm. they were running from 2000 through to 2017 with the same lineup, which is pretty sweet. Pretty good. Yeah. And they were being, this album was produced by Brian McTernan, who also did other bands in the vein that I loved, like Darkest Hour, Hot Water Music, Cave In, Converge, who I saw recently, so good, so sweaty, Thrice, <laughs> Bane, Circus Survive, etc. So this was very much my era, very much the music I was listening to when this album came out, and I was 16 years old. And hang on, you have seen them in England as well? Yes. Multiple times? Yes. Okay. And uh, yeah. in Australia before or not? No, never. So um, I've only been here in Australia for four and a half years and I've not 
played to my knowledge in the four and a half sure. years I've been here. But I saw them in this. So this album came out in August 2001 and I saw them in August 2002 playing at the London Underworld. And it was amazing um, with As Friends Rust. And then I saw them the following year with J.R. Ewing up in Leeds. And that was ridiculously amazing um and i believe i've seen them once since then but i can't remember who supported yeah so i got a bit excited about them <laughs> so have they giddy even loving giddy have they been growing in size each time you see them like have they been like the venue's been getting bigger and bigger or is it always sort of the smaller clubs it's i'm kind of been a mixture so the underground's actually pretty big in london so that was a really big kind of joint show and that was filmed and it you can get like footage online and stuff like that with mm-hmm. us friends rust so that was a big show um and that i will love to tell you gave me the best bruises i've ever had in my entire life nice. from being right up at the front singing along fists in the air and the stage is hip height for me so uh, all of my bruises were just yeah, I think it's why I can't have kids. Probably uh, <laughs> definitely from that show. From, from that show. That yeah, one show. from being okay. right at the front, just sweaty Constant and pressure. being pushed on, like people jumping on me and like me jumping around. It was just absolutely beautiful. So then there's some of the most wholesome, awesome people I've ever spoken to. Cool. There you go. So this is why I brought it. I brought it as the debut album. This is my favorite one because it came about at a very important time in my life mm-hmm. when I was really understanding my kind of socio-political roots in, in when it came to my political views. And um, it was the first time I'd heard a kind of hardcore punk band say, everything sucks, but you know what? We can make it better. And it was like, oh, oh, I'm not used to that. <laughs> it's usually everything sucks deal with it full stop yeah and then and sure. we're just going to shout about it and just be really angry and for the first time it was like but this is something we can do if we just join hands and jump like not kumbaya but like let's resist let's do stuff let's be proactive let's unite and everything else it was just awesome so there we go um that's me ramble yeah. <laughs> no, please, i'm intrigued as to your, your your political views or your as a 16 year old and this album comes out you quite you were obviously forming those views as early as that in England, that's admirable. <laughs> oh, have I? Oh, so I was brought up in a lefty liberal kind of household, um, but I was always, every time I had a view, it was still challenged. So I had to research everything I ever stood by, every mm. every choice I ever made, I had to research. And so by the time I was 14, I already knew my rights if, I was, if somebody tried to arrest me at a protest. Um, and I was already given... Had you protested at 14? Oh, yeah. For what? Uh, it was oil spillages mainly, um, and there were companies that were like letting people off and stuff. So like uh, unions, and I was for the union or against the union. Uh, but like for, I was supporting the union workers, and I was supporting um, yeah, like the big conglomerates that were doing bad things. The multinationals. Yeah, but only when, not just for the sake of it, when something had happened, so when there was like SO oil spills and stuff like that, I would go... Wasn't there a big one in the Gulf of Mexico, a massive one about that time, was it? Yeah, there was all sorts going on. Um, But I knew my rights, and I was, as you can probably imagine, quite the precocious child to try and arrest at a protest. No, please. Yes. I can't picture it. I had. I've been given by... um, There was loads of very lawful, uh, knowledgeable punks who'd written guides to how to look after yourself if Mm. you're arrested, like your your rights, what you can and cannot do. And so if somebody came up to me, I'd say, I'm under the age of 16 and you can't question me without a parent or guardian present. So are you prepared to contact a parent and guardian to come here? Or would you like to deal with the other people at this protest? And they'd be looking at me and seething. And it was only (laughs) once that I was smacked over the head with a baton Mm. uh, at a peaceful protest. I was just sat down and just smacked over the head. Just for no, by just a cop or by a cop. right cop or whatever. Nah, just by a cop. Yeah, just by a cop. Just because they were fed up of us being in the way, basically. So um, I knew my in the rights. back of the head. Yeah, smacked, smacked in the back. So you of the didn't head. see it coming. A nah. king hit in nowadays. And this, I mean, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, king hit. Not, one, one, the coward's punch. Coward's punch. Forgive me. So, that was. Yeah, I so liked the way they changed that name. It's a, it's horrific. It's not a king hit. It's a yeah. coward punch. Yeah. So I had wow. that from, and that was like under the age of sixteen. Um, that had happened to me. So. Um, I was full of anger and 
hopelessness. And then I heard a band like this come along going, I'm going to play heavy but melodic music, but you know you could do something about this. Mm. So it kind of made a huge difference to me, really. So lyrically, it affected me and made me feel privileged for the position I was in, uh, especially with some of the lyrics when they talk about um, the racial divide and stuff like that. Like It's not something I had to encounter. But I was first played it by a guy who was in a band called Figure Four, guy called joe and i ended up in a band with him actually right. which is pretty good uh but i was only 16 and i was like hanging out at his house going oh my god you know he's like really cool in the punk scene but if he's listening i don't think anymore yeah. um <laughs> but we he played it to me and i was like this just blew my mind and he had all the lyrics printed out mm. and gave them to me so i was like i was reading it like poetry like taking it away so so thank you but i'm forgetting back to printing it out because this is 2001 you were your rights that you're aware of, were you given like a, a handout at yes. these riots? Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. This is like crazy stuff for me. It was, we used to get like the anarchist handbook and stuff like that. What? Yeah. What's that? It was just literally like how it was your rights, your for laws and stuff like that. So you could go and you knew how to look after yourself in any of those situations and what your rights really? were. So that you couldn't be bullied or pressured or do something against your will and you were within your legal boundaries. I've seen them do it like they do it a lot now, like with the protests. If they know there's going to be a police presence where they're going, that they'll put. I mean, it's a lot easier now because you just put it on the Neat. the Facebook page sure. or whatever it is. But yeah, that it's the precursor to that is just yeah, letting everybody know that they've got rights and mm-hmm. what they what police can and can't do because they're not going to tell you and they're going to try and get away with some sure hinky stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, which did happen to some of my friends. So um, wow, eh? I managed to. I always knew my rights, so I could always be just on the right side of them. I was just on the right <laughs> side of the law every single time. Except and for the bit It was infuriating. Apart from the fact when I... Yeah, well, they hit shit. me. They were against the law. Anyway, we're not talking about the record. What was your... Liam, what was your first impression? Um, well, I was... I'm interested to hear how you said he printed out the lyrics and gave them to you because I would not have been able to understand a single word that he said almost until I sat down and actually looked up the lyrics and started figuring out what because I looked at all the themes and like the songs are about this and songs about that. oh that's cool but I couldn't hear any of that because I didn't understand most of what he was saying so I had to end up looking up the lyrics directly um, it took me back to my early days of going to festivals because this is the sort of band that would be playing so back in the day when I was younger and going to festivals earlier during the day this is the kind of band that would be playing probably this is like an international level but this kind of band would be playing at like two three o'clock in the afternoon big open field i'd be like yeah i'm gonna go and see these guys and then yeah if they were melodic enough i'd probably stick around but if they were just a bit more straightforward then i'd sort of go yeah these guys are cool but then i'd wander off and see something so it's very flashbacky back to 2001 2002 when i was going to all the festivals and it was bright burning down sun in the middle of the day and you're just like you, that never does these guys kind of bands any favors at all because everyone's too hot and sweaty to really get into it and they're trying up on stage and there's just whenever the international bands come over them. to australia they are just covered in sweat and they're like oh it's december so we brought a jumper and that lasts for like two songs and it's just yeah i got flashbacks yeah flashbacks. <laughs> sounds like you're saying you've had ptsd yeah i'm surprised bands didn't have ptsd from coming out to australia and playing at two o'clock in the afternoon not realizing it was going to be 40 degrees yeah i wasn't expecting it when i first arrived into this country, yeah. so thanks for that guys thanks, so yeah, thanks australia there are mm. quite a few australian bands that have a similar style that's like the skate punky sort of stuff so it was yeah it was mm-hmm. the style that i was used to Skate punky, very much so. I think mm-hmm. I'd even go earlier into the late 90s as opposed mm. to the early 2000s where I was like, this is exactly the sort of music that I would have been into back in the days when I had a middle parting in a fringe, yeah. which is <laughs> a long time ago for, for those listeners that um, haven't seen me. additional content for our Patreon, we could have photographs of Grant with said parting in fringe. <laughs> oh, look. Do dig him up. Yeah. Well, maybe. There you go. I've got some. Um, my early photos have, I've got curly hair. That comes out ringlet in like yeah out here. So I'll do mine ah, if you'll do yours. And sure. I've got blue hair in mine, so let's have a let's have a <laughs> good little next like, patron gets off. a private yeah, yeah. view. Yeah, Photoshop them together and see what happens. Yes. off. There we go. The rest of it. Okay, that's so, cool. Yeah, certainly memories of of um sort of pre-internet days and and oh, there's this cassette, you know, just about sort of thing, or there's a CD that's got this mix on it, and you can like whoa, okay, there you go. So yes. Memory lane. Yeah. Memory lane. So memory we're, all, lane. we're all taken back to the Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, 
Jeez. We do that to each other, don't yes, we? Yes, we but do. We were all live different ages, so yeah. it's quite funny that mm. we were, I was like, at the same time, you mm. were going to the festivals, I was getting battered at the front of gigs and stuff, but I also had a curfew. So there, don't scowl. I was, I was never hardcore enough to go front row for these sorts of gigs. Like I could be about sort of six rows back where there'd be, if, if I knew the band well enough, I could mosh just straight up and down, but the really hardcore stuff that was happening right up the front. Not for you. I could never do. I lived for it. I used yeah. to throw myself all over the place. I was very skinny and I was five foot three and I used to get thrown around and I didn't mind. And people used me as leverage when they wanted to climb up onto the front of the stage in order to um, jump off the jump stage. Jump off the stage. And then right. my, f- my face is at their foot height as they <laughs> jump as well. So I just get kicked in the head quite a lot. So if you ever question my uh, Commitment. judgment, yeah. <laughs> if, if ever you think I'm, I'm a little hinky, then uh, please remember that that's probably why. Anyway, so this is 11 songs. It is just under 30 minutes long. It's really short. It is. It's a short. Yes. I like doing, yeah. hey, that's what I do. I bring short records. Yeah. Um, but do you think that's, that, Liam, that's an angle of hers to bring the shorter albums so that this you can't skip the tracks? Just, just, <laughs> you know, is it a there's subconscious? No va- there's no real value in skipping a track. You're well, going to save like two minutes. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, just to, to verbalize it, you wouldn't be that strategic, would you, in this, no, in this game? No. No, because otherwise I would have brought British folk again. (laughs) That seems to be my golden goose. Sure. So instead, I brought some American uh, post-hardcore punk stuff from 2001. So I'm I'm mixing it up. Who do they credit their who do they um, who do they listen to? I suppose would be a question. Ah, I don't know. I'll ask Thomas. There we go. <laughs> what were their influences? Would have been a better word. Oh, I don't. I don't know what their influences are, but there's a huge. Um, in America, there's a huge amount of music like this moving mm-hmm. around mm. from like the 80s and 90s yeah. and 2000s and stuff. So, like, there's. It wouldn't surprise me if they were influenced by so many of the like the the Huskadu people through to like some of the more modern. Who knows. Uh, I'd have to ask them, but I do think that lyrically it all comes very much from the heart. So mm-hmm. this is, uh, it's there's no getting away from the fact that it's a political record. Sure. And they make no apologies for it, and why should they? That's what they felt. That's what they. That's kind of where I'd like to be in my musical career is making something that means and says directly what I mean mm. to two people in yeah. a way that I can dance to, yeah. kiss in the air, <laughs> bruises, that kind of stuff. So there you go. Uh, so it opens with a song called You're Fired. Yeah. Um, so for me, I love the fact that it's got mixed timings on it with a breakdown. With that kind of whole it refrain with release us now like it's just like oh yeah when i first heard it i was like yeah let's release me from whatever it is i don't know what my shackles are you need a release i need to be released yes um so uh that was my first listen to them it's that first song and it had the words before we forget what we are left up our souls in you before we forget what we are left up our souls in you and I heard that and went, oh, oh, I can channel my anger into something for good. Mm. I will continue listening. Yeah. Like, carry on, <laughs> carry on strike anywhere. You are doing what I need you to do. Yeah. So as an opener, what do you guys... The tempo changes. I think I think I need to be eased into a tempo change. It, re- it yeah. was really... This one, and I think also on Refusal, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially, yeah, so we'll get to Refusal, but that's... Like on on refusal, it's more about um, where his singing and drumming are, deliber- are deliberately off each other's beat. That ugh, it gave me the willies the first few times I heard it. And then, <laughs> it, yeah, the tempo change in this one. I don't mind a tempo change, but I like to be eased into it. Whereas this was just like, whoa, what what just happened there? We were on one thing, and now we're on something completely different. And I'm freaking out over here. See, in the hardcore scene, it's a real normal thing. Yeah, yeah, have like sure, a must complete, have been. like tempo change where you would drop, and people would drop to the floor. Like there'd be a moment and you'd know the song and you'd all drop to the floor exactly the same time with your finger pointing down. Right. And then you know when it's about to kick back in again and you all jump at the same time. Okay. It's, it's like a whole a, new world. It's a movement. Yeah. It's, it, was a, it was a thing. 
in case anyone was under the impression that Grant and I were connected to the hardcore scene or had yes. any knowledge of it at all, consider mm. that wiped out. Yes, yes, that's fine. I knew this was going to be a risk, but I loved the record, so I brought it forth. So, yeah, so you're fired, Grant. You're fired. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? You're fired. I've been a good boy. Have um, you, though? It threw me off for the fir- as a first track, um, and again, without the context of that that's what you know, is normal in that scene. I was like, I actually need to listen to it twice going through the album. I was like, oh, this is not the way I like it, an album to start. Um, could it grow on me? Sure. But for the first couple of my, the way I heard it, I was just like, whoa, this is just, it's almost yeah, too much for me. I'm a simple man. <laughs> not to be confused with a simpleton. <laughs> I'm just like, I like to be cruisy or, or, or a bit different. But I was wish it, our listeners could just see how awkward you guys are right now. This is so fun. <laughs> I, I don't know why <laughs> me being awkward would be amusing to you. This is disappointing. But anyway. I'm British. Um, yes. Quirky British at that. Correct. So, so different, a different opening track from what I was expecting. And um, uh, it certainly piqued my interest because I was like, oh, hang on. What, what, where is this? What is happening? But if it's what you do and you go on bended knee and point <laughs> to the ground and then point up and jump up and do funny stuff like that, <laughs> cool. I have some more context. There is more It's context. all contextual, isn't it? So did you find Time Bomb Generation, the second track, a bit easier? Because I know that yes. you like Green Day and stuff like that. Correct. So I thought you would have found that an easier track. Literally, it was like, as I was listening to it, I was thinking to myself, <laughs> they're going to find Time Bomb Generation much easier to listen to. Yeah. In general, Absolutely. just because it's like a straightforward oi, 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 punk song. There we go. Simple. So you found it easier? Yeah, definitely. I, I still like the You're Fired. I really like the theme behind it and the whole slave to the wage generation and all that sort of stuff. It just, mm. yeah, just that one little moment of it was really jarring. But yeah, like, and Time Bomb Generation was good too. I just enjoy the fact that, yeah, getting a discussion of, of, of oppression uh, it was quicker with a sweet guitar solo, but then mm. it, I'm, it's not often in modern songs you get oys in songs. It's like a real old school punk thing is to shout, oi, oi, oi. That's exactly what I needed right now. I need, and I guarantee you, when I go and see them, they'll fist in the air for uh, all of the oys. So um, then we, I guess you were talking about Refusal. Mm-hmm. This is the one that was used in Tony Hawk's video game uh, in the Underground edition of mm. Tony Hawk's Skate. They all skate felt to me like they could have used been used in a skating yeah. video game. They, like they, yeah, they all would have fit, fit right in to the whole thing. It would have been cool. I haven't played them for a long time, but I, yes. I haven't played any of the Tony Hawk games, but I played the Skate series, which is like my ongoing thing. Because so EA have made one to Skate 1, 2, and 3, and just every year EA have a big thing on and all we ever want is Skate 4. Skate 4, when's the announcement? Hurry up, Skate 4. But every year they're like, we're not making Skate 4. Yeah, you are, you're lying to us. Cut it out. You're making it <laughs> behind <laughs> the scenes. Just tell us, just tell, like, tell people us People use scooters out. now, Don't no one cares. <laughs> so, but it, the soundtrack is the same stuff. It's all sort of skate punk and melodic sort of stuff. So That's fair enough. That's the standard kind of uh, soundtrack to yeah. skate videos and stuff. A bit of hip hop and a bit of uh, mm. skate punk. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, this one again is bringing people to, up together, which I love. And he refuses a lot of things. You'll notice in his lyrics, yeah. he refuses <laughs> many, many things. And this one's literally refusal. Um, but I really enjoy the lyrics that are repeated a couple of times. Once quickly at the pro- at the beginning, and then again with a slower reprieve. And this is another fist in the air moment. Yeah. That's what I mean. Again, I'm 16, 17, just going, correct. I refuse to kneel. I refuse to be hit by in the head by another police officer. Well, the back <laughs> of the head. Yeah, back of the head. So uh, that was um, definitely... Did you get stitches? I don't want to dwell on this too much. but <laughs> No, someone sorted me out. One of the hippies sorted me out with some oils and stuff. And yeah, it was fine. 
It was very annoying. But he who fights and runs away lives to fight another day. Hey, do you know? <laughs> hey. Hey, and I also, what was it? What doesn't kill me severely disappoints me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my new favorite phrase. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it didn't kill me, it, but it also gave me context around the fact that I could never truly understand what it's like to be truly oppressed mm. in this life, in this world, and the fact that you've got a white a band who are made up of white guys who are trying to lift up and be the voice for on behalf of the oppressed to other white kids like me was pretty awesome. Like it gave me context that I didn't have before. Sure. And also for a happy story, Grant, at at one of these protests, it was the first time I'd ever tried hummus. It was delicious. My mother had hidden it from me. A culinary delight. He was. Was it a violent protest or was this a more of a peaceful one? Ch- they were all peaceful. That was the annoying thing. They right. Were, all of the protests, start, <laughs> or they all started out as yeah, peaceful protests. Some people like peaceful. dressed up as mascots and stuff like that and they're getting beaten to the ground by the police. It was very, it was dark time. I'll talk about it in the yeah. car. <laughs> uh, yes. So then we moved over mm. to laughter. Laughter in a police state. Yeah. Cool. The- It's a very cool. It. It's a very cool image yes. theme sort of stuff. Yeah. So that's very melodic guitars, mm. and it had. So I, you know how I like to listen to guitars. Yeah. Guitar lady. I'm a guitarist. That makes sense. I'm playing again a lot more. So um, it, I was listening again, going, "Oh, the muted guitars with almost the political poetry over the top of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like that. Oh, nice. Worked. This is deep." <laughs> good one but it wasn't just like I'm shouting or I'm speaking it was like I'm poetically conversing to you important information about screaming in my face but I wait quietly and stuff like that you know just people laughing in the face of a police state so um, the promise is like yeah there's just so much Basically, I would lift up most of the lyrics of the album and just go, I would like to place them all in the podcast, please. Yeah. But I shan't. Uh, but yeah, over that one, I think it was like... I shan't. I shan't. <laughs> I shan't. I, shan't. I have, I have chosen not to. Not today. Yeah, not, not today. Uh, but, but, you know, it is only half an hour, so feel free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's... Uh, but that's a really fun song to dance to. There's a nice short burst of... Just straight through, a mm. bit more consistent. Yeah. So um, I have to ask, did you find any triplets? You always all talk about your triplets. Um, oh, he does. Oh, yeah. Doesn't he? He's no, like, oh, not, kind of guy. not overly, no. I did. Um, one thing I did notice um, was the drumming was really, really good. There's this whole thing around punk music that I've never really understood is this idea of, oh, it's just kids who can't play their instruments. It's like... No, no, oh, that's like really, unfair, really huh? good punk music is really fucking hard to play. Like mm. it's and drumming is probably the hardest one of the lot to do, and it's just so fast. And on this album, it's just so seamless all the way through, mm. just fast, just that breakneck speed all the way. And I mean, obviously, a lot of metal and that sort of stuff is does tend to have that breakneck speed and really sort of hard, heavy snares and heavy beats and stuff like that. But yeah, I found this that stood out for me a lot in this album was the drumming was just really good. That's awesome. I would totally agree. I find all of the <laughs> instruments like if I just if I sit there and just listen to the bass, I'm like, oh man, that bass, bass line is sweet. Yeah. And then I sit there and go, oh, I'm just gonna listen to the guitars. Oh man, the guitars get the second guitar's good. Oh, that's really good on that one. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, yeah, then just how Thomas would sing or shout or mm. speak over the top of it. I'm like, yeah, it's really good on flawless. That one. It's yeah. like it's flawless. Yeah. So huh? It's like I brought it here for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> with an angle. Yeah. So the next one is my um, one of my favourite songs on the record because it's the one that I play on repeat and put on put on my playlists, which is Sunset on Thirty Second Street. So I've drawn a little heart. Right I've just got a star. A star's mm. good. Stars are good. On You've mine. got a star. Yeah. <laughs> It's a nice one, isn't it? Mm, it is a nice one. Even yeah. though it starts with the lyrics. When they broke down the door with the cards in the face of your wife and child. And as they pin you to the floor, did you say, officer, I'm not resisting you. American justice, American dream. It's just one, the other half beats, half a Yeah, it's yeah. like, <laughs> that's a 
good entrance. Yeah. You know where that's going. Yeah. That's my it's my favorite song on the album. Okay. Um like I think the extra space gives it a little bit more like I said it's 4 minutes 19. It's the longest song by over a minute. Most of the rest of them don't make it over 3 minutes. But it's just got a little bit more space and a little bit more texture and a little bit like just yeah, a little bit more room to breathe I think which really worked for it. There's vocal harmonies as well which there's not much harmony. Yeah. There's usually like like call and response but there's not much on the harmony mm. front usually but in this one there is so there's a lot more on uniting again so it's about police brutality but it's just saying they wish it's good on good cops and then but wishes bad on all of the injustices in the world yeah so that's that's the thing is it's like so i used to work for the queen the police service and that's the whole thing is like it's always you know all cops are bastards because they're the tools of the system that oppresses people. So I knew a lot of cops when I worked there and they were all great people. So when people sort of said, when I first started hearing people, a lot of people say, you know, all cops are bustling. No, that's not fair. But it's it's when it comes down to systemic, you know, even the good cops have signed on to be part of a system that does bad things. So it's sort of, it was interesting to hear him say that, yeah, in the lyrics that there are some, you know, well done to the good cops, but you're not, that's not helping. Yeah, there's still in overall injustice yeah. that we need to fight, which is fair enough. But they do it in such a chif, like melodic, happy way. It's yeah. Really <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, you... it's the same as like not all men. It's like it's not, it's, yeah, no one's saying that every single cop is always has always been a bad person, but it's systemically that's Systemic what it is. Systemic issues, yeah, that's fair enough. So that's cool. Um, we move from that into anti-war as detonation so this is very much an anti-war kind of uniting song um about accepting your own greed again he's in his lyrics he uses refuse a lot and mm-hmm. he refuses things which i quite like i'm yeah. gonna start refusing a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. more <laughs> in light of this i'm like saying no more yeah yeah, yeah. I, no we've more. heard about the number of things that you have going on in your life i think you could definitely use with saying no a few I years. refuse. <laughs> no i'm not Just gonna say no sit. yeah <laughs> Let the dust it, settle. It can, be a, it can be a no thank you, but in your head, just phrase me as a, I refuse. Yeah, no, oh, no, I'm no. going to go with, I refuse. <laughs> I outright refuse. I have too much on, I refuse. Uh, yeah, no more midnights uh, of working. Uh, I refuse. So I love the fact that it's got woes in it. So I love a good woe. It's uh, really nice to have some words to sing along with if you don't know the words. Yes. Which, as I've said previously, I did not. See, I find that really funny because I can hear the words, but then my partner will listen to it and just go, that could be a completely different language like mm. for him whereas I'm so used to listening to like hardcore punk I can I can pick out you know 70% of the words most of the time mm. even if they're shouted I didn't yeah. find them too bad either but no there you go no. yeah it was just something that do you think the Liam's English, just yeah. getting a bit you know just old it's too old for me yeah too loud but this is yeah. this is my thing I think I mentioned this before about punk music is when I was your age when I was 16 through to 20 or whatever I love your age when I was 16 when you, like, when you were listening to this sort of stuff <laughs> yeah. the first time I didn't get angry music because I you was a angry. white kid and I just had nothing to be angry about. And my parents weren't very strict, so I could pretty much do whatever I wanted. And I didn't want to do anything that was that upsetting, so that's why they were never strict at me. And I was just like, "No, this is this is great. Why would why why is everyone around me? Why is everyone my age listening to this angry, angry music?" And as I've gotten older, I'm like, "No, no, no." Angry music is a 100% logical reaction to the fucking world around us. And so now I like angry music way more than I used to. Because this is like, yeah, no, fuck that. This is this place is fucking shit. I hate it's, so it's much. The now. most I've heard you swear in yeah. any episode <laughs> we've had. You should come and uh, huh? hang out at my work desk for a couple of hours. Oh my <laughs> goodness, so this, is, this is technical flawless language we're using tonight <laughs> yeah. for, for all listeners. There, we've got and, the we've and, got the little. I've marked our podcast as E for explicit on iTunes, so okay. everyone should feel free to swear as much as they oh, want. Fuck that! I don't <laughs> want to. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep it dignified. Thank you. But yeah, so as, as people like. The normal way is like, oh, you get angry at the system when you're younger and then as you get older, you're just like, well, I'll just accept it and, you know, you ease into working the system for you. Whereas not that I've overthrown the system or anything now that I'm a bit older, but it's like, yeah, when I was younger, I didn't get why people were angry and now that I'm older, I'm like, no, no, that that makes sense. I wish I'd thought about it a bit. I wish I'd known that when I was 17 and I could have listened (laughs) to more angry music and 
gotten into it a bit more. I listen to enough for all of us. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I think you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is really beautifully tame. So I'm thinking about what else I could bring. Uh, but you've beautifully segued us into Riot of Words, yeah. <laughs> which is the next song. So this is actually the quietest kind of song on the album, but more of the refrained one. Nice vocal mm. melodies, just mm. a bit more chill. Just We get to number seven, so we're like, oh, seven out of 11 tracks. Out of let's, 11. let's have a rest. Yeah. A little Brief bit of rest. Rest. Had a rest. Probably 18 minutes of pure <laughs> anger, so now it's time for a calm. We'll yeah. just have a little bit of calm. We're still, we're still pissed off we're about stuff. We're still angry, yes. Yeah, um, mm. And, and we're, we're still not, angry at the establishment. We're not picking up acoustic guitars or whipping out the keyboard or anything like that. It's no. still... There's no ukuleles There's on this record. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put just that out there. Still doing sure. what we do. Just, just in case you're warned. worried. Yeah. <laughs> yep, just in case. So, uh, yeah, I'd say it's a bit more chill. But then we move back into uh, SST. SST. Yeah, yeah. Sick Semper Tyrannus is what it stands for. George would know that. I actually didn't. Didn't you? No, I, I, thought, I, it was record. I thought it was Sick the Black Flag Sick record Sick label. Semper Tyrannus. And what is Semper Tyrannus? So, Sick is, so the SIC, so it's Latin, but I think it's like fighting against tyranny or something like that or yeah so there was a bunch of stuff around okay there was a when i looked it up there was like oh it's the thing that brutus said to caesar before he killed him it was etu bruta no that's what caesar said other way around okay um and then until somebody else pointed out that there is literally no way of saying knowing what either of them said because nobody else was there yeah like yeah so i was like this is what they said and this is what he said like how would we possibly know that? You cannot possibly know that. Yeah. Who? Citation needed, Dr. JPEG. <laughs> so um, this one, this had a really cool little bit in it that then kind of got lost. So there's a, a section where he says... And that was like a really nice, sort of, almost like a love song sort of thing. But then that was like literally the only time in the entire album that he wasn't protest and refusing and hate and then he never really sort of came back to it all i wouldn't say it's all hate not hate sorry hate's too strong but it's yeah. like, rising yeah, against aggression and right yeah rising yeah against. yeah i think so it's a, a lot of it was just yeah the fist pumping and refusing yeah. and fighting the system and then there was like this one little passage like oh and here's a nice little separation love kind of two lines and then we're back to it so sorry everybody that was just a, a brief reprise. brief surprise yeah yeah, well, it's, it's still a big favourite when it comes to dancing live. Yeah, um, and fist in the air. I can imagine, like, I yeah, I can imagine all these would be amazing. But it's sure, like but you would just it's would like he's non-stop. a pacifist, yeah, really, but just wants us all to rise up in yeah. that kind of way. Like, it's not saying call to arms. Like, no. it's uh, it's like, hey, let's get together and um, do something positive with mm-hmm. what we have. So yeah, as we said. The lyrics there are really beautiful. Hmm. So are the other albums similar veined? Yeah. So he doesn't feel like much has changed then in well, the world? or let's, if you think about it, well, it's actually this is perfect because the next song perfect. is Chalk Line, which is one that's one written. One of my stars. Oh, written for me, right? Written for me. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. I needed more than anything as a 16, so thank you, Tom. 17. Oh, thank you, Thomas. As a 16-year-old girl... I needed more than anything for an adult male to advocate on my behalf. Mm. There was nothing, I'd heard no one truly get what it was like about why you wouldn't walk home at night, why yeah. you couldn't walk from a, one club to one bar on your own at nighttime as soon as it was dark. Even if it was dark because it was 8 p.m. and you're in England, you just don't do that sort of thing. Mm. And it was like this guy, this American dude. And so if you, did you see pictures of them? No. They largely look like they don't belong in the same band. It's really funny. But Thomas is pretty short, long dreadlocks, like brown dreadlocks, quite pale, um, has more energy than in a human, like a dynamo. It's incredible uh, to watch. Whereas one of the guitarists looked like he was in Weezer, which is quite the contrast. Mm. Um, So for for someone like Thomas to write a song called Chalkline about what it's like to be a woman and to actually advocate on behalf of women and how in the lyrics and I heard that and just went yeah you get it. Mm. You want, like, I would like nothing more. And as you said, Grant, have their opinions changed? 
Well, no, I still can't walk out at night. So we, this album came out in 2001. Still this relevant. Is, so it's still so incredibly relevant. Um, we, you could probably look at the lyrics of every single track and go, all of this is unfortunately still relevant now as it was in 2001 because I still can't walk alone on the street at night. Like, I'm lucky where I live because it's really well lit and it's surrounded by bars and restaurants and stuff, so I'm pretty happy there. But I couldn't walk, when I used to live in the suburbs, there was no way I'd walk from the bus stop to my house. Mm. Just really? Even, even now, in Brisbane? Even in Brisbane, even in my 30s. And I used to live in London, and I'm tough as. But in London, there was, there was like, there was safety in numbers. But up in Brisbane, there's, you've only got about 12 people that live here, and three of them are in this room. Mm. So, mm. like, and I can't trust the rest of them. So, yeah. You barely trust these two. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I know, right? Uh, yeah, so I think to have something this strongly politically advocating on behalf of women on a debut record was, for me, just blew my mind. Plus, it's a beautiful song. Mm. So you you did a little star. Yeah, I did. I liked it because I liked it. I thought it's, it's just, it's... Um, I suppose in your in the backdrop of it's still relevant, um, 18 years later and a debut album, that's yeah, great. And it's if not and sad, just to be clear, I think it is. We people should be able to walk around and feel safe. And um, it's um, it's it's a bit damning, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but hmm. how did you feel about the song, Liam? I liked it. Um, I knew so part of the thing what I'd read was that it was a song about women's <clears throat> women's rights and women's issues and that sort of stuff. So I had to look through the lyrics and everything, and I really liked it. But then at the end, he still says, "Watch us as we grow up to war," which I kind of felt like was probably more thematically. And I think he, I think that line repeats at the end, and I, that, I felt like that line was more thematically in tune with some of the other songs. Like it, I didn't necessarily feel it belonged in this song as much. So that was just something that. Yeah, as I was listening to it and reading through the lyrics, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what this song's about. But with a lot of the other songs, it's sort of a bit more thematically, that line was a bit more thematically belonging to the other songs. That's fair. It does also include the lyrics, challenge the stakes of safety and survival at the heart of women's voices, women's art. And I mm. heard, again, was like, can you be my friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Nice. That would be great. Turns out you're friends with my friend. Can you be my friend? Please? Yeah. <laughs> like, that would be great. Um, because it's really hard to find punk bands advocating on behalf of women's rights. Mm. Like, that don't have women in them. Yeah. I think that's the caveat. So, yeah. Um, and then we move on to track 10. Three on a match. Punky punk song. Yeah. Straight up. Straight yeah. up. Minute 48. Just straight burst through. Yeah. Yep, it's just like, hey, youth of today, resist everything that's wrong, rally around, be political, let's get on with it. Yeah. Be let's punky go. punk. Mm. Punky punk. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like, let's go. We, <laughs> Come on. I know, which I thought was like, yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be one of those kids listening to a track and you're going to fail after a minute 48 on a um, level of Tony Hawk's, and yeah. you, you'll get everything you need yeah. out of that mm. particular track. That's, that's pretty good to hear. So that's cool. So then we moved on to the final track of uh, the 29 minute, 29 second length album, <laughs> um, track 11 with My Design. So this was the, again, at the end, the angry but call to unite. Yeah, it was a call to action. Yeah. And probably once again, a little bit more room to breathe as well. Like it sort of wasn't quite as breakneck as some of the other ones. It's like he's put forward his arguments. And he's saying at the end, hey, guys, now's time yeah. to deal with this. So it is sort of, yeah, that end track of like, here's all the things that I hate and here's all the things that are wrong and now here's where I think. And I mean, my design is a really good title for it because like, all right, here's where I think we can start doing better and start being better. And it did help me become a better person, this actual album did. Cool. If that. In what way? Well, it stopped me from channeling my anger to towards myself and it started to channel it towards um, like being proactive and helping others so instead of just feeling sorry for myself and being angry at myself for not being capable and for like just not being my, capable at what or in like, what way at sa saving the world i wanted to save the world i was 16 17 i wanted to save the world and felt completely helpless because i couldn't even walk out at night on my own how intriguing at 16 17 wanted to save the world wowzers well, respect i wasn't didn't we all that. 
Not a chance. Oh, okay. Remember, Not even remember close. I had a really cool upbringing and I was quite happy with where everything was when I was 16 and 17. Okay, I had a really traumatic <laughs> upbringing and I didn't want anyone else to suffer even one min- mm. minute eye of what I had suffered. And I n- knew that there were so many injustices in the world which were so monumentally bigger than mine that I wanted to just save the world. Do you still want to save the world? Absolutely. Wow. I from still, itself? <laughs> yeah, from... I just... There's systemic problems and issues that are going on which are going on now that have been going on my entire life that have been going on for generations that I cannot abide and I just in my small incremental ways try and find ways to help with that be it supporting people in marginalized communities uh, like in the LGBTQI plus or if you're talking in physical mental disabilities talking about uh, women anyone that identifies women non-binary just and people from different races and people of color I support and do what, what I can from my businesses perspective and then in my social life too like run fundraisers and do go to events where I can support and elevate people that are otherwise disempowered and I'm doing that now, but I'm not doing it nearly enough. But I'm, as we heavy is your cross that you've yeah. chosen to bear. Yeah, but again, as I said, like I've, I'm, you know, I had a traumatic time throughout my life, and it didn't stop just like becoming an adult. There was still trauma that continued. So I still don't want other people to suffer. So I become an advocate. I empower and educate others where I can, and it's it's albums like this that gave me permission to channel that energy into something about uniting others and uniting my, aligning myself with others to do something good instead of just feeling sorry for myself all the time. Wow. Cool. So we were there quite, you go. We were different at 16. Yeah. We might not yeah, have well, been friends. We <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose you, you're a couple of years younger than me, but when contextually South Africa just got the vote, I mean, I was like, well, there you go. Everyone can vote now. Yeah. It was two years earlier from me. I'm like, we're in the rainbow nation, guys. Yeah. What are you talking about? Um, yeah. At 19, first university. So very um, – didn't have to go into the army to go and fight people that, you know, in the war that no one spoke about. Yeah. Like, I missed conscription by a couple of years. And um, the guys that – some of the guys that did go um, and fight, they were fighting against, you know, other South African guys and in cross-border wars that no one spoke of and sometimes they didn't come back. And that was just that. It's just mad. So, didn't anyway, that make you angry? I didn't know. I didn't really have that context. Okay. We just, I mean, you, you, I was at, you know, as I'm leaving school, like it would have been literally two or three years that only stopped the year that you had to go into the army. And it was only the white boys that went to the army. So it's like, um, and, and just totally foreign. Like, like, I mean, I was at boarding school. They say, oh, well, you just go and you serve your time and off you go. Or you could delay it by studying. So, you know, it was... It was just a weird time in that country. And, and Liam was just discovering music. Yeah. I was having everything handed to me on a relatively easy silver platter and just going and doing whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. <laughs> See, isn't it good that we all come from completely different lives? Yeah. That's cool. Okay, so we, we've talked about the record and I obviously have my, my views on it and I knew it was going to be... Uh, long shot but i definitely wanted this album to be spoken about so i have my my parting words are that this meant a lot to me and i don't care about your opinion yes Yes. there we go i don't care what you say because it's all of this made a huge difference to me emotionally um and politically and channeled me and turned me into the person i am today so there, so there you go. So I don't care about your opinions, but I'll ask you anyway. So, Grant. I'm going to have to say no, as probably you'd expect. I'm, um, I'm richer personally for hearing your experience and why it resonated yep. for you, which is great. I, could, I probably haven't seen you this animated or passionate um, about an album, which um, is awesome. So thank you. Um, it probably is... T- I'm not quite sure, and even even listening to it a couple of times today, I found myself tapping along. I'm, I'm at my computer, and I'm like, "Geez, I like dig that beat." And then, then uh, I just got lost a little bit in it. And I suppose it wasn't necessarily just enough, um, either maybe of 
the same thing or it tried a little bit to be something different in a couple of the songs but not you know it's either this or it's that and it's probably just a debut album and we have to maybe contextually that is where i would put it is cool and and i would have listened to it probably at that time i could see why mm. um it would which would um resonate absolutely um but probably just not enough overall for for me to go yes this is this is flawless so forgive me but absolutely worth I it don't to, need to listen. forgive you it's fine <laughs> this is cool this is what we do okay mr liam uh, i'm also going to say no Thematically and lyrically, yeah, 100%. This is great. This is all awesome stuff. You know, you definitely want to hear more of this. It's not cheap punk. It's not snide punk. It's not abusive, like Blink-182 towards women punk. It's really cool thematically. But just musically, it didn't quite do it for me. Like you talked a bit about the riffs and a lot of the guitar work, whereas I didn't hear a lot of that. And I wanted there a bit more space. He spent a lot of the 28 minutes screaming over the top of everything else. And that's yeah, why I talked point. about the drum work because you could hear the drum work because the drum work had to be smashed to get over his, get through past his vocals. Whereas the guitar, I didn't, I hardly heard any riffs. Like I know they're there because you can hear the sound of the guitar, but I didn't hear it cleanly enough. And that's why I really liked Sunset because it had a little bit more room and gave a little bit more space and there was a bit more sort of, yeah, room again. Um, so yeah, I liked it. Um, I've bought it because I liked it and I think it's really cool what they're doing and everything that they're doing, but I wouldn't call it flawless. That's okay. Well, thanks, guys. I'm really glad I got you to listen to Strike Anywhere and find out a huge amount about my teenage self yeah. that you didn't actually know before. So this was not a flawless record to you, but it is still a flawless record to me. And that's all, all that matters. It is all that matters. Mm. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram because we are all over that social media biz yeah. at Flawless AMP, standing for a music podcast, and all of those. So you can join in the conversation, share or like our post and give us a rating and every little bit helps us find more music lovers like you. As mentioned, we also now have the Patreon at patreon.com slash flawless AMP. If you'd like to back us, please check us out and get extra super duper content, potentially pictures of Grant as a teenager. Hey! <laughs> And Thanks. a blue-haired George. And a blue-haired George. I'm not ashamed. Curly hair. And a curly-haired Liam. curly-haired Liam. Yeah, so that's, that's worth it, right? That's <laughs> worth five bucks a month. Oh. oh, man. Okay, well, thanks for get, again for listening to Strike Anywhere's Changes of Sound, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>